0: Good morning all. Good morning. I don't think I need this. <clears throat> Last month when Dalton sent me a voice message and he asked this question. Are you interested in preaching at Calvary? And I thought, not really. <laughs> Why? I struggle with the English because it's not my first, not my second language. Oops. So I remember when I first went to U.S. in 87 to study, to, to do my master in missiology. And I went, and they, uh, there was a, Chinese, a Taiwanese and a church that invited me to serve among the second generation. So it's an English-speaking congregation. And, and most people in that group were young, young couple, uh college students and a lot of teenagers and I remember so I decided to preach on a book that talks about youth so I decided to uh, preach on 2nd Timothy and I remember that Paul says a lot about suffering and I remember one day after I preached a teenager came to me and say "Sungi, why you said so much about surfing I went home and I and I pray and <laughs> and I cry. <laughs> and today I'm not here surfing, but in suffering, <laughs> in fear and trembling. <laughs> but but thank God that I'm be able to be here. But let me share something that is in my heart because uh I was away from Sao Paulo for eight days this past week because I received a call, like uh, the man from Macedonia, come and help us. In 2009, uh, Missão Servo has uh, uh, one of the projects. We have many projects. And one of the projects is the Servos, means uh, Projeto Missionario Servos. And we had done 25 projects already but so every year we do in January and sometime also in July and we started in 2004 and then we did a lot of projects in, in, in the state of Bahia and what happened is that then we formed a group of people we have a team in Bahia in Salvador so it became something very it's not a rule but then uh, every January we we did the project in Bahia. And in, in July, we did elsewhere, Sao Paulo, Minas, and other, other parts of Brazil. But in 2009, they didn't arrange a place for us to do in January 2010. So I say, okay, you, you couldn't arrange a place for us to do the, the project in 2010, so I'm going to do somewhere else. And they say, no, January is Bahia. We had to do in Jay, Bahia. But I said, but you did arrange a place. And they say, no, it's Bahia. Then I say, okay. So let me find a place closest to Sao Paulo in Bahia. <laughs> so I look at the map and the closest place was the city of Mukuri. But I didn't know anyone from the city of Mukuri. And realized also Bahia state is a state that a lot a lot of needs. So we decided to go by faith. So we flew to Victoria, three of us, rented a car and drove three, 400 kilometers to Mukuri I'm praying for, give us a man of peace in that city. And the Lord gave us to make sure the story. So a pastor received us and I introduced to other pastors and we did a wonderful project in Mukuri. And last year, a person found me, called Alex, and he's a pastor. And he said, "I'm from Mukuri." Wow. We lost uh, contact with the people in Mukuri after 12, 11 years. And he say, uh, "I'm a pastor because in your last message here, you challenge people to be a missionary. But somehow, you challenge also whoever wants to go and serve the Lord as pastor and have a call. But I didn't do anything about it." And after your challenge, I went to the seminary, and I became a pastor. And not only that, one of your teams visited a a very poor area. And from that work that you started in 2010, now is a church. And I am the pastor of this church. But we need help. Come and help us. So we decided to see what is going on there and see this church. And, and it's, a, it's a very um, nice church they built. And the group is not very large. But they have this vision to, to, to reach out for more people. So I was very encouraged by that. So we are deciding to go in January. So get ready. January 4th through 17, we're going to Mukuri again. And the beach town, so... Is a nice uh, Bahia beach town, so come with us. Huh? I'm going to give more details uh, when we, we have uh, all the information on that. So I was thinking, how a small church is becoming a missionary church? Actually, it's redundant, because every church is supposed to be a missionary church. Because we have this... Uh, let me start sharing... Very non passage. Maybe, I hope you but you know by heart, because we are a missionary church. Acts chapter 8, what it says. We start from there. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Uh, These are the very last few words from the Lord. And look, put it here. So I believe it is very important, last words of Jesus. And there were 120 people seeing Jesus going up to the heaven. And after that, what city were they? Jerusalem. That was chapter 1. Chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came down. And nearly 3,000 people received the Lord in that day. What were they? Jerusalem. And then when we'll you go to chapter 3, chapter 4, and the church were growing, uh, 5,000 men were added to the church, and the church was growing, and they were out together eating, feasting, and praying, and more people came to the Lord Where Were they? They were still in Jerusalem. And up to chapter eight, it seemed that the church in Jerusalem, they didn't understand that they had to go out. And the Lord allowed a persecution. And the Bible says that wherever the people went, they shared the gospel. So the church in Jerusalem might be an example for many things, but not for being a missionary church. So we had to look. I found another church, so I like better. Uh, come to me. Come with me to chapter 13. And let's read only the three first verses of this chapter one, two, three of chapter 13. Here. In the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers Barnabas, Simon, Called Niger, Lucius, Syrian, Manain, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrach, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Thank you, Father, for bring us together this morning to worship you. And we pray that you continue to find in us open minds, open hearts, and open lives to your word, to the move, to the action of your spirit. This is how we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Let's work on the verb that we have, starting from the verse 2. What is the first verb that we have here? They were doing what? Worshiping. This church, one of the main characteristics of the church is to worship. But what is the meaning of worshiping here? The, the Greek word is means that they live continually in everything they do, is worshiping the Lord. Worshiping not just coming here and sing praises and being together, but worshiping is more than that. It's that we live whatever we do, anything we do, is to worship the Lord. Uh, many of you uh, know that I, I joined Dulos when I was 19 years of, uh, of age, and at that time, it was interesting. My, my parents, they have a, a Chinese restaurant. Of course, my, my parents when they came to Brazil, we start, like many Chinese in Brazil, what they do when come, they come to Brazil. They open up a pastelaria. <laughs> they start with that. But then they, they make some money and they, they have a Chinese restaurant. At that time, uh, my parents have a restaurant and I decided to go to the ship because I knew that was my place because I had the calling from God to preach the gospel. And I, when I, I heard of the ship, that's my place. So I went there very eager to preach the gospel, but then I had to sign up and say, I'm going to be submit to anything they ask me to do. And I end up in the kitchen, in the galley. And I spent about a year in the galley, in the kitchen. And it was hard. It was very hard. Because, you know, uh, I studied here in a public school. And then when I joined the ship, I realized that I couldn't speak English. Even we have English in the, in a, in the public school. So I remember by uh, the, key, the galley, we have the ship uh, cook. And we had two uh, teams. And each team has uh, the first cook leading the team. I was part of one of the helpers in one of the team. And I remember my, my, my leader came up with a big bag of onion. I joined in Brazil, so it was about 18, 20 kilos. And he pointed to me, and another Brazilian that could not speak English at all, like me. And he pointed, and we understood that each one of us has to peel, Half bag of onion. Man, I cried a lot that day. <laughs> but whenever somebody's mad at you and angry, you don't have to speak the language. You know that he, the person is angry. And my cook came, back, came and he was angry. And then, then we then stood. It's two of us, two of the us together. It was to peel half bag. Not each one half bag. But it was done. But the worst thing in the kitchen, for me, it was to wash the, the big pans. Imagine cooking for 300 people, so the pans are huge. And, and I don't know, it seems that every time when we finish cooking, I'm the one appointed to wash the dishes and the, the pans. And many times I complain. I was young. And while I'm here, I, I thought God called me to preach the gospel, and then I'm preaching to potatoes, to onions, <laughs> to pans. But I remember once I, I read a story. We travel a lot, so I, I read a, a, a story about Jesus, John, and Peter. But the story is not in the Bible, it's an uh, African legend. And the, the story says that one day, Jesus, Was going to that journey, and he invited John and Peter to join him. And he said, "There are rocks there, and I want you to each one of you pick up a rock and take it and follow me with a rock." Peter always he's arguing, asking, "He why?" He didn't say anything, but he thought, "Why a rock?" So he picked up a small one, put it in his pocket, and followed Jesus. John. He didn't ask anything, he didn't thought about it, and he got a bigger one and put it in his bag and followed Jesus. At the end of the day, Jesus turned to, turned to them and said, that your rock be turned into the bread. <laughs> Poor Peter, small bread. But John, he has a big heart, and he shared his bread, and every, everyone ate and sat- were satisfied, and then they rested. The following day, Jesus said the same thing to them. Got a rock and follow me. You know what Peter did? Oh, he got a big one. <laughs> I was following Jesus. John has the same one. Put his bag, and he followed Jesus. At the end of the day, they stopped by the river, and Jesus said to them, throw your rock into the water. Why, Jesus, said Peter. And Jesus asked, to whom you carry the rock? and Jesus is asking me what are you doing in the kitchen to whom you are cooking to whom you are peeling to whom you are washing the dishes you have to worship me in everything you do and Jesus is asking us the same question if you are working in your job managing your store your company to whom you are doing that if you're a stu- student, the kids are here. Who are you studying for? If you stay home and work 24 hours, God is asking the same question. To whom you doing that for? In everything we do, we ought to worship the Lord. Do for his glory. Amen? Amen. Second verb. What do you see there? What did they do? Fasting. What is fasting? Maybe you woke up this morning and did have not time to eat your breakfast and say, yeah, "I'm fasting." <laughs> this is not the fasting that God, the Bible is telling us. You see, uh, many people nowadays don't even fast or don't know what is fasting, and some people do fast, but they use the fasting as a bargain chip with God. I fast because I want to gain a favor from God. I remember when I was doing a training uh, some years ago, and there was a young girl that came from Goyania and she said, Pastor Siungi, I'm going wherever God wants me to go. I said, praise God, we need people willing to, to do whatever God wants them to do. And a few days after, she came to me, Pastor Tsung, I I need to talk to you. I say, what is going on? Well, I I decided to fast for 21 days. And I say, why? And then she turned red. And she was all shameful and said, you know, I came to the training, and I know this guy. I knew this guy, I, I met this guy in the training, and I'm praying for him. You know what I mean. I'm praying for him to, to, to be with me. <laughs> uh, I was surprised. I said, "Wow, well, you cannot last for, for uh, the 24 day, 21 days of fast because it's very hard, the training. And then the reason is not correct. And many times we do that. We, we want to bargain with God. But fast is more than that. We don't have time, but then uh, Daniel chapter ten give us one of the principle or example how fast should be. The Bible said that Daniel was fasting for twenty one days. But why he was fasting for twenty one days? Because the Bible said that he want to understand, gain understanding, and humble before God. And when Daniel was trying to understand, he was trying to understand the will of God for Israel. And the will of God for Israel is the will for the entire world. And then he said, after 21 days, an angel came. And the angel said, from the first day that you start to concentrate and to be before God, humble yourself, and try to gain understanding, I was sent. Wait. He was saying the first day, but then why he took 21 days? The engine was so slow, huh? No, you know what happened? He said, when I came, the prince of Persia came and there was a spiritual battle. And as you continue praying, you know what happened? God sent help to me. Came, who came? The Michael. Then Michael came, one of the chief priests. So, Michael, he's one of the, the I was a general of the army of the angels of God. So when Michael Michael comes to battle, he brings all his army with him, and they prevail against. You see, the 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 battle starts with the prince of the Persia, but then end up with the with the king of Persia. So the battle was very very tough, and then they. They overcome, and he came to give the, the information and the message to Daniel. You know, many times when we fast and we pray, this is what happened. Maybe you feel that your prayer is not answered by God for some time. But you have to realize it is a spiritual battle going on. And you have to persevere. You have to continue praying. It might take some time. You don't know. 21 days. 21 weeks, 21 months, even 21 years, we don't know. But if it's something very important to your heart and God is in it, continue. One day, your answer will come. We have to persevere. So we have to learn. And a church that really uh, is a model in doing God's will is a church that we we'll concentrate and give time for fasting. And then, what's the next verb? After fasting, the Holy Spirit said. No, the Holy Spirit said. I love this verse, this, this phrase, because the Holy Spirit is still saying it. He's still talking to us. When is the last time that you heard the voice of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit speaks to us in different ways. Sometimes, or not many times, the, the, the heaven will open up. But there are so many ways of the Holy Spirit talking to you. And you know it. But some of us is very nostalgic. Oh, it was so good when I, was, I came to the Lord. It was so good when I'm always thinking about the past. But the Holy Spirit is the same today, yesterday, and will forever be the same. We have to be open. We have to be sensitive. We have to listen to him. We have to come back and be in his presence. And when we talk about Holy Spirit, at least there are two two important things about Holy Spirit. He's the one that gives us gifts. We we start the verse saying that there are prophets and teachers. There are two kinds of gifts among their leadership. And each one of you, or each one of us as Christians, we have at least one gift for the Holy Spirit. And it is important that each one of us find out which one, what kind of gift I have in order to use it to serve the church, to serve the Lord. Because many people, many people don't don't know what gift I have and then we sit there, and I see many church people uh, fighting for, for position and, and place in church. I want to sing because it's beautiful, beautiful to be here singing, or oh, I want to teach. If you know your gift, you stay in your gift, and you'll be satisfied, happy to be doing that for God. So we have to find out. Maybe the deacon, the leader here can help you. can help you to find out what's your gift or gifts. But the second thing, oh, the gift is something given free, because that's the name, gift. You don't do anything to have it. You have it once you come to the Lord. But the second thing about the Holy Spirit, this is hard, because Paul said that we should not be, uh, we should have, be full of what? We should not have been drinking, but then we have to be full of Holy Spirit. And this is something that we have to do ourselves. The gifts is free. The gifts are free, but then to be full of Holy Spirit, it depends on you, or emptying yourself, or humbling, humbling yourself, carrying your own cross, and follow Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is still the same, and He wants to do a profound. Even more profound work in your heart. But it depends on you. It depends on you. On our way back to Sao Paulo, there was a pastor. That, uh, he didn't communicate with me. He worked with us in Mission Cervo. We trained him. And he's a pastor in his denomination in Teofilo Tony. And he, he mentioned to one of my coworkers and said, Pastor Siu doesn't care about me. I was sad about hearing that, but then <laughs> since we're going to, he's uh, near his city in Teofilthorn, so we stopped by and I visited him. And soon as he stopped in his garage and, and he came to greet us, and he started crying. I said, I have a dream, seeing you parking and entering my garage, and here you are. And then he shared about the 10 years after he left Mission service and he has been making the story short. And he, he said, I've been frustrated in ministry because he always was doing things that his denomination, his leader said to him. And I say, well, maybe you have to follow what the Holy Spirit has for you. You have to find out what is your, your call, your calling from God. And you have to follow that. He had to go, not just following people's vision, um, but he had to decide because he has been doing all the time that people say, oh, you do this, and you just do that. You do this, and, you do that. and he's frustrated in his life. So many times oh, time we have to discover, what is the will of God for my life? And the Holy Spirit will tell us, and of course the church will also come together, This is what we see here. The Holy Spirit. What did the Holy Spirit say? Next verb. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. What is the meaning of this phrase? Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have for them. My understanding is, who is Barnabas? If you see it from the beginning of the verse of the chapter 13, Barnabas was the first named in the list of the leaders. So probably Barnabas was the leader, the main leader of the group. And then Paul, Saul, who was Saul? Well, he was the one of the leaders, but then he became afterwards, after the first trip, he was the main leader. He's the missionary. We know Paul. So, you know what God is asking the church here? I want the best from the church for mission work. Just the best. Not what you have left. Not the leftovers. One another ministry that I have in the in, in U.S., I stayed there for six and a half years. Uh, we started, uh, I, I never thought of planting a church in the U.S., but there was a large group of Chinese Brazilians in California. And the Lord said, you see that? I have to work that's your ministry. So Monica and I we we, we start this ministry there. But a larger church um, invited us to, to bring this group in and to work with this group. So I at the same time I was planting this church, I was the children's pastor. I have a, about 100 children and 30 workers under, under my supervision as student pastor in that church. And I remember one, one, one elder, one day he, he was a, a medical doctor, a surgeon. And he said, Pastor Sionghi, do you need a television for, for children ministry? I say, yeah. I want to put a, a, a television or a set of or, or, video in, in each room. Yeah, we can have another one. Okay, please, uh, someone, someone in my house, I have a television to donate for, for the church. So in the middle of the week, I, I took the van from the church, and I went to his house. Oh, you came yourself, Pastor. Yes, I, I came and said, oh, is it there, there, go there, the, the television in the living room. And it was a large living room. And then I, when I saw the television, I was shocked. It was a television. I don't know, only the older people know this television. Is a, a television in the, in, the, in, the, in the wooden. Remember that? With the speakers? Black and white! <laughs> and he came after me, he said, you know, Pastor Siung, uh, the television uh, is still functioning. <laughs> and. We want to set a, a home theater here in, in, in our living room. And the television is taking a lot of space. And I was I felt bad to throw it away, so I decided to give it to church. How many times we do that? How many times do we do that? And it's not only material things. It's not only material things, it, it's more than that. I think God is asking, whatever is the most important in your life, that's what I want for. You see, I came from a, a Taiwanese background, and I am the the first male born. So uh, I have two older sisters, but I'm the the first born male. So in my culture, I'm very important. You know that. <laughs> uh, and and what happened is. My parents, after the the pastelaria, after the restaurant, they have a company importation, and, and my father always struggled with Brazilian laws. When we had the pastelaria, he didn't understand why every time that come fiscal, he had to give money. <laughs> you know that, huh? okay. But then, so my father' desire it was that the oldest son would be prepared to take care of the business of the family and take. Care of them in their older age. So that was me. But when I decide to, to serve the Lord, I have this struggle with my parents. Because he said, You're going to law school. I say, No, I'm going to seminary. No, you go to law school. No, I'm going to the seminary. You go to law school. I'm going to seminary. I have a big struggle with my parents. And the end I say, okay. I'll go to, to law school and the seminary at the same time, I'm going to pay both. And he agreed. But after I joined the ship and returned, my father, he realized my call, my calling, and he never asked again to finish the law school because uh, one pastor told me one day he was preaching in his church. I wasn't there. And he asked, he was preaching on Abraham and Isaac, and he asked, who is your Isaac? Are you willing to give your Isaac to me? And my parents, they stood up and said, we're going to give our Isaac, and that's why I'm here. And we had to learn to give our Isaac to God. Because it's better that your son, your daughter be in the middle of God's will than be elsewhere. We have to learn to give our best to God. And I want to thank God for Calvert Church because he's the church that Monica and our now family we found refuge. We found people that cared for us and and are willing to do that. And I see many of these characteristics of this church in our church. And I want to thank for many of you that pray for this year's promise service. And I have to give you some return. I'll take advantage of this time. Because uh, after a few months, to the, the churches, we see people be baptized. A whole family was baptized. One uh, girl was, uh, we, our team was knocking at the doors in Interlagos, and there was a lady. We prayed for her. That people, we prepared to receive the gospel. And there was a lady ready to receive the gospel. And as soon as she came to the Lord, and we started doing the discipleship, that's what we do. Right after, next day, we start the discipleship with people. And we were doing discipleship. And said, I want to be baptized. And then we, at the church, we working with, they said, no, I'll take some time, be a disciple, and be baptized. I heard that a few, I think two, three months after, not only she was baptized, because we did the study in her house. So the whole family came to the Lord. And the whole family was baptized. And another church also, we heard the baptism. And also, we worked with th- three different uh, projects, social projects. But I also I always encourage the, the project, if you are not associated with a church, and if there is a, not a church that you can send people to, you have to start a church planting. Because I love church planting in Promise Serve we, we plant we have planting about 20 churches already so two of the projects they are working on church planting so and there are a lot of kids so one of the results is uh, the children's retreat that we're going to have coming uh, coming week and there are a lot of kids coming and please pray because we are we, we, are, we want to sponsor the children from the project and we're still looking for sponsor for the children to come for the retreat. And so this is our result of of your participation in praying and giving. And I want to thank God for that. Because we are learning, we are doing this. We are giving our best to God. And then so after they what? They have fast and pray. Again Every time that your parents tell you something repeatedly, is because it is important, right? we with got the same thing. For God, fasting and prayer, it is important. I lost my Kalebi? OK. So I believe that we have to devote ourselves into fasting and prayer, because it's going to show how important it is to be in God's presence how much we depend on him. It's not doing things. I know that I'm involved in so many activities. There are so many things uh, in the mission service. We're going to have a mission trip to, to uh, Chile in, in November because we receive a call or help also. So we decided to send a, a team of about 15 people to there to help them. And there are a lot of things going on, but, but every week, At least once a week we have whole morning Thursdays, we stop to pray and fast before God because we depend on Him. And these churches learn this after they have fast and pray. And then what did they do? They place their hands on them and send them off. So these churches they place a hand on them means that we give them authority, our authority as church. And this is why we, we have so many missions and we do that. And, and send them off. It means that it's not just, okay, I buy you the ticket of going and God bless you and go by faith. No, I praise God because this church knows how to continue, continually praying and also support the missionaries. And this we learn here. And that's why us as church, we have to continue supporting the church. Because we have a lot of commitments with missionaries, with projects, and we cannot stop them. We cannot stop them. And this is part. So I want to congratulate our church, because that's what we do. But you are a part of this. And we have to continue, continue. Even we don't have a, a lead pastor, but we need to continue to do our commitments with these missionaries, these projects, because they depend. They are so far away and depend on that. So there are a lot of things that we we can learn from this church in Antioch. But each one of us should stop and think, how is my life? How is my life? I'm worshiping God in everything I do. In everything, God is the main purpose of my doing, of working in a secular job, in my company, in my studying, at home. I'm doing that. I'm seeking God's presence all the time, dependence on him. Do I give my best to Jesus? Not only material, but my life, my time. We have to intentionally do that, not just desire to do it, but intentionally take step, make decision. I want to starting today to really be part of this kind of church so I can give my best to Jesus. I want to be in communion. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit all the time because He's still here. And there are so many things He wants to do in your life. But it depends on you. Open up yourself and be in His presence. And please continue to support all the work, the mission work that the church has. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for being part of this church. And we know that in many ways we are following the example of the church in Antioch. But there are many things that we still need to learn. And many ways we can go deeper in following you. In a circle of your presence, in our commitment of giving the best that we have in time, in life, in material things. Help us, Father, every day to continue, to continue to seek your presence and to allow your Holy Spirit to work in us. So people around us, when they see us, they realize that we've been in your presence. And they realize that there are life in us, their happiness in us, and that comes from you. And that we continue to be this church that is supporting, that is praying. And even ourselves will be willing to go and to do the part. And reach out for so many lost that are out there. Thank you, Father, for blessing us. Thank you, Father, for today. Be praised. Be worshipped. In Jesus' name we pray. (coughs) Amen. Thank Thank you.